This is Novel Approach, episode eight for June twenty third, twenty twenty two, with James Soden and Maxine Beach. Flash fiction. Okay, I want to welcome you again today. This is、uh, Jim Soden, and this is Novel Approach.、Uh, this is the second time that、uh, Maxine Beach has agreed to be with us here, and I hope that、uh, you enjoyed last week's discussion with her. It is available on、uh, NovelApproach.net or from your favorite podcast source. <laughs> Um, and today we're going to talk about、uh, flash fiction. So, Maxine, welcome again. It's good to have you、Hi. here. Thank you. And、uh, we, I enjoyed our discussion last week. It was uh, uh, we covered a lot of ground and and um, um, got into some areas actually that touch on the、uh, topic today. So.、Um, Uh, what we're going to talk about for our listeners is flash fiction, and I'm going to start off by letting Maxine tell us what how she defines flash fiction because it varies tremendously by who you talk to. So it it does. I mean, there are some publications where they don't want you to write any more than 500 words, and some publications that.、Uh, Will accept up to a thousand words, although that's rare. It's usually it, it ends up being around seven fifty is about、mm-hmm. the average for publications who are looking for flash fiction. They'll say a story up to seven fifty seven hundred fifty words. <clears throat> so flash fiction, you know, when I was young, we called it the short short story, yeah, and then it was called、uh, the micro story. And so it's it's just a new name for the same old thing, which is just a very 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 short story. <laughs> I like the、uh, term "smoke long," and there's actually one of the best publications that I would love to get a story published in, but I've been rejected by them a couple of times already. Is Smoke Long Quarterly?、Um, They publish some tremendous, some outstanding flash fiction, and they're called Smoke Long Quarterly, but. The term "smoke long" comes from, I think, I think it comes from China. It's a Chinese concept or term that we've, you know, translated. But the idea is that you can read the story in this amount of time it takes you to smoke a cigarette. Hmm. So Now that's interesting. Is <laughs> a smoke long story. So yeah, so Flash is just a really compressed story. It relies very heavily on symbolism um, and um,、uh, you don't have a lot of time to develop your characters. You don't have a lot of time to set up、uh, any exposition. You don't even have exposition.、Uh, it's so short that you just. As any good story, jump into the middle of the action, but you're like way in the middle of the action and a piece of flash,、um, and it's challenging. I'm, I decided to try the form because it's challenging. I want to be challenged and learn to compress, compress, compress. Because、uh, 
I'm not a very good poet, but I understand, I have published some poetry and I understand that, or I believe that if you are a strong poet, you'll be a strong fiction writer. Mm-hmm. If you can really uh, compress language and understand how to get the sharpest images and the sharpest sounds and all of that and, and your word choice and your prose, uh, then you can make some really cool art. And so uh, that's what I'm trying to do is write flash fiction. So the definition, simple definition is very, 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 very short story. Average length is about 750 words, depending on the publication. Different public publishers have different um, criteria, but that's about the average 750 words. And a lot of student writers think that it's going to be an easier form because it's short. So they don't have to write 12 pages or 20 pages or whatever. They think, oh, this will be easy. I'm going to write a piece of flash. And then they're like, this is so hard. Because I think since you don't have any room to breathe and you can't take the time to set up the story, you know, you got to know what's important and what you're trying to do there. Like you got to know every little detail. So. Yeah, it's very much like um, something that has to be done for uh, transmission on, you know, if you have a radio program or uh, a speech and there's only so many um, minutes that you have compressing everything, getting it in there. You've heard, of course, uh, the uh, story that is attributed to uh, Ernest Hemingway. Um for sale, baby mm-hmm. shoes never used, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is an example. The one I like even better, um, I used to use this a lot with uh, my classes, um, and I got it from uh, Norman Cousins, who was the uh, editor of the Saturday Review for many, many years. And it is The King Died. Then the queen died of grief, and the adding of the um, of grief uh, gives you a relationship, gives mm-hmm. you a sense of them as people, and how you know what how his death caused her death, and and so a lot of the elements that you find in a in a novel or a much longer story are there in those uh, eight words or nine words, yeah, so. Yeah, and I again, I think it's an interesting form because of where we're at now. So people read on their phone. I mean, I even do it. I read news on my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer actual, I, I mean, I have a Kindle and all that stuff, but I actually prefer hardcover books when I'm reading, you know, a book when I'm reading longer pieces. But I'll read news articles on my phone. I'll read stuff. And so the Flash fiction makes it, it pairs well with our cell phone world because it's short, it's easy to download on a phone or, you know, look at on a phone. People uh, have busy lives so they can read, like if they're on a bus going from first job to second job of the day, you know, I want to reach people that don't necessarily have a lot of leisure time. I'm writing stories for them. I want them to read my stories, you know, and so, and so flash seems to be a way 
to to uh, get to that audience um, or in my imagination it's a way to get to the audience I don't know if I'm getting there or not <laughs> <laughs> but I just really like the form for many many different reasons but I think because I think it's it's a contemporary form that it works really well with the technology that we use. Um, I like long form stories. Uh, I like to read them. Um, I'm not saying anything against long form stories. I actually like to write them. I like to read them, but I just think flash is an interesting challenge and an interesting uh, genre that we have right now. And right. mm-hmm. Did you awesome. actually have a class in uh, flash fiction uh, when you were working on your um, MFA? No. No. Okay. Uh-uh. No. Not at all. So. Uh, you know, I've mentioned my co-writer, uh, Bill Sharp, and when he did his MFA, one of the courses he had was a, a class in um, flash fiction. And all of the assignments were set up, as you said, uh, by length and, and sometimes some other characteristics that uh, the uh, instructor was including. But, you know, it, one week it might be a thousand, the, another week a hundred words. And she wanted exactly that many uh, so that you couldn't go over or under. And uh, yeah, I think it's a really good exercise. I have my uh, you to think and work with your language. Flash. So yeah, no, I didn't study Flash in graduate school. I can't remember if they had, if there were any offerings of. Uh, if there were, I would have tried to have taken the class um, on the short, short form. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember why or when I first fell in love with the form. I, I, I don't even know. I know that I read some stuff on smoke on quarterly and was just blown away. I remember that like coming across this online mag and reading some of the work there and going, Oh, wow. 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 What they did with symbolism, what they did in such a short time is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And so that may have been, uh, you know, when I very first encountered flash fiction as flash fiction, not just the micro story, but. Um, Who publishes uh, Smoke Long uh, Quarterly? I don't know. I don't know. I would have to look. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Is it um, available only digitally or yeah it's an it's an online an online yeah yeah i'm gonna look it up it's uh just an online uh it was established in 2003 that that's about right uh by a person named dave clapper so their stories, yeah, so they're writing, their stories have been recognized by the Pushcart Prize, Best of the Web, Best of the Net, Best Small Fiction. Yeah. So I'm not seeing anything beyond it was started by this uh, 
person, Dave Clapper. Dave Clapper, huh? And so uh, there's an address there and a URL and everything. Yeah, uh, Mm -hmm. it's just, just, you could just Google Smoke Long Quarterly and it's just smokelong.com. Okay. So I have to take a look at it. Uh, It's interesting. You said a while ago that uh, even though you read a lot on your phone, that you really, with a novel or any a longer book, you really like the hardcover, and I do too, uh, even better than uh, paper covers. But uh, the the short um, quarterlies that in, were in print and dealt with uh, fiction and uh, poetry and everything are just disappearing. There are so few left. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is is now online, and um, you just can't cozy up to a computer the same way, even a phone, the same way that you can with um, a small magazine or uh, with a book. Yeah, and oh gosh, we're gonna sound like old fuddy duddies, but <laughs> you know, a book the battery doesn't run out. And one thing that, you know, you, you, you can't be disturbed by an ad popping up Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're reading a book. And I, one thing that I really resisted with the Kindle is I could get books, load them onto my Kindle and someone outside of me could decide, yeah, we're not going to offer that book anymore. And then I lose the book. Oh, wow. Right. Or the technology, something could happen a glitch in the technology and you could lose a book and Mm -hmm. just that, um, what's the word? I don't know. Transient isn't the word I'm looking for, but just the fact that it isn't tangible, you know, you can't hold it and then it could just disappear. Um, makes me a little nervous to rely too much Mm -hmm. on a Kindle or on my phone. I still prefer, and my spouse is very different than I am. She likes everything, you know, electronic and all this. But, hey, when we've been camping and her battery dies and she can't read anymore, I'm like, I do it every time. I'll hold up my book and like, look, (laughs) I'm still reading. So. uh, (laughs) Well, that's good for that long-term relationship. I know, I know, I know. But, uh, uh I do read the news on my phone though. I read the news and I do get annoyed by the blinking ads and stuff, oh. you know, when you're trying to read and it's blinking at you. And I think it creates this short attention span in people and young people who grew up with this technology, except for in their classes when they're assigned these longer texts, you mm-hmm. know, uh, may not even know what it's like to, to have your attention focused on one thing for that. I guess when they play video games, their attention is focused on one thing for a long amount of time or when they watch movies. And a lot of young people do read fantasy novels and stuff like that. So I don't want to make broad statements, but I do think that flash fiction is something that a a person who's used to quick stuff and technology and everything there, you can hold their attention for that long. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's uh, an interesting form right now. 
just to hold a person's attention so that they can hear a, a read an entire story. Yes, and because with uh, so many things, when they're set up with hypertext, you see um, a link in the middle of a sentence and oh, and jump to that. And then you, you either don't come back or you come back much later and then you have to pick up again. And in the meantime, you've probably hit uh, a half dozen other links. Yeah, you know Kurt Vonnegut's story, Harrison Burgeon. I think of that all the yes. time <laughs> because it's it's intentionally the society is set up so that no one can think, and that's intentional. But I I think our society it's an unintentional problem, but it's a problem. Mm-hmm. If people don't reflect on the human condition, and that's what I think fiction's about. You know, I mean, sure, it's escapism and entertainment. But even in escapism and entertainment, you're still looking at the human condition, what it means to be alive, what it means to be a human, to be messy and to be faced with, you know, your bad choices or good choices, to be faced with other people's bad choices or good choices. I mean, even in a detective novel, that's what you're looking at. Even in Harry Potter, that's what you're looking at. And, And so if people don't have the ability to focus long enough to reflect on story and the human condition, then what happens to us, you know, as Mm -hmm. people and, and we're seeing what happens to us right now. Right. Historical. They don't, I mean, again, I'm making these broad statements and I think the majority of people aren't like this, but a historical lack of empathy, you know, not understanding mm-hmm. how we're all interconnected, all of that, you know, creates problems. Right. And I think fiction helps us. Yes. So if it takes writing a writing flash fiction to get to people, then I'll do it, you know, whatever, whatever. And it's a fun challenge. Right. And I'm you not know- very good at it. The so, flips, the what what would seem to be the flip side of that actually is not. But um, there have been scientific studies done that show that when people are exposed to, uh, say, hypertext type of things for so long, it actually changes the way their brain functions, mm-hmm. and linear thinking becomes much more difficult. Now, you know, we might say, well flash fiction uh, contributes to that, but it doesn't because within that flash uh, boundary, you're still looking at a linear piece of, uh, of narrative or whatever the, the form is that uh, that's being used. Um, whereas raising, with the hypertext, you're just jumping all over. Right. And when you read even a flash fiction, you're asking questions, maybe even more in a flash fiction, because it doesn't answer a lot. So you end up as a reader asking, well, how did these two people end up together? How did this go? What am I to take from this? What does this one sentence mean? You know, and so that's good. The, you ask questions and reflect which story has us do. And hypertext doesn't, you know, <laughs> So I sound like such a Luddite. I like technology a lot. <laughs> I do. I don't want to sound like that. But um, 
but I also like printed work and I like thing. I like to know that I can go to my bookshelf and that book is going to be there and no one has taken it away. So depending on who's in power, you never know. I, mm -hmm. Right now we have a lot of, you know, school districts taking books out of libraries and banning books. But, you know, if you own the book, no one can come into your home right now, at least. Can't yeah, come into your home and take it. So, you know. Yes, I feel like sending uh, copies of Fahrenheit 451 to uh, all of those school districts. So. I know. It, fortunately, a lot of librarians were fighting back, and I think some judges are too. But, you know, these political people who just, you know, want to mm -hmm. get people riled up, don't really know what they're talking about, it, it, are creating a lot of problems. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, the the other thing there. about Kindle is that you don't even own Kindle the book you know um amazon still owns it you're just leasing it or using it and unlike a library again no one can come into your house and say i mean a, li a librarian is not going to knock on your door and say <laughs> give me that book we've decided right. we don't want to loan that book anymore mm -hmm. right but amazon can say we're not going to loan this book anymore we've decided no longer, and it'll just disappear. Mm -hmm. Where's right. my book? You know, I wanted to look something up. I wanted to reread re a passage. I wanted to, whatever it is. So it feels like someone else could control information a little too easily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, back to Flash. <laughs> Are you familiar with the uh, Flash story generator? Uh -uh, but I'm going to write it down. I ran across this um, uh, over the weekend and I thought, oh, this sounds interesting. So when I looked, it wasn't what I had thought it was. It's actually uh, a program that on online, you can look up uh, Flash Story Generator. And what it does is give you um, three or four different features. You get a length, you get a, a, a word or a phrase, you get a theme and you get a character. And then you have to build all of those things into your story of that length. And I clicked on it a couple of times and it randomizes these things. So, you know, it's not always going to be a 750 word story. The next time you do it, it might be a 300 word or, you know, and the characters, of course, will be different and and everything. Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting. And yeah, thanks for letting uh, me know about that, because I'll definitely tell my students, my creative writing students mm -hmm. about that um, just for prompts, because a lot of them, after they stop taking the class, they'll email me like, I need a prompt. I need a student just. <laughs> A student that I had never met in per person came to my office, but I had him during the shelter in place part of the pandemic for a couple of classes. Uh, he took a couple of classes with me, came to my office uh, a couple of weeks ago to meet me and told me I really need like an assignment or something. So I gave him a deadline. 
You know, I said, I want you to write the story you never finished in my class, and here's your deadline. <laughs> but they're always looking for prompts, so I'll tell them about uh, Yes, this will give and, them, I don't know, I would think an almost endless uh, number of them. Yeah. And, and with the, all of those variables. Are you familiar with the 48-hour film festival? Uh is that here in St. Louis? Uh, this It's worldwide, but the St. Louis um, chapter of it uh, comes out of Webster University. Yeah, that, has that been going on for a really long time? A long time. Yeah, because when you said it, I had this flash, flash of a memory. <laughs> But I was also conflating it with there's a, a theater version of that that it, that's just St. Louis. I don't know. Maybe it's national where it's uh, 724 or 24-7 where uh, and I participated in that one year. Anyway, uh, you get together, screenwriters get to, or playwrights get together, uh, write a one act play and mm -hmm. then uh, they produce them in a very quick amount of time and then show them for a week, these little one right. plays. But uh, yeah, I think I even participated in this uh, film project years and years. Years, years. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did um, five of them and you would meet at 6 PM on Friday at Webster and they would give you what you drew for the genre. And then they gave you the uh, a character and a quotation. And then you had exactly 48 hours to write your story, film it, edit it, and get it in by 6 p.m. Sunday evening. And then they, you know, they had judges who would... Um, uh, decide which ones were the best and so forth. And then all of the ones that met the requirements and got in on time and everything were shown the next three Thursdays at the Tivoli in uh, University City in the loop there. And so we, we did that uh, with five of them. And, oh, you had seven minutes. Uh, that was another feature. So this is why I was thinking about the short the flash fiction, seven minutes, and you had one additional minute you could use for credits. <laughs> oh, funny. But, <laughs> but the I think, story I think had stuff to be, like that is so yeah. cool because it forces you to be creative and problem solve quickly. Mm -hmm. You can't right. overthink. So <laughs> a lot of us, I don't know about you, but I overthink things. If you give yeah. me too much time, I will overcomplicate it. And so <laughs> to... Uh, just force the hand, you know, make this film in 48 hours. You 48 have to hours, just, get it You out. just have to do it. <laughs> yeah. It. I do timed writings when I teach, and uh, maybe there's a little bit of a sadist in me because I enjoy the frustration that my students feel and how – upset they get when the timer goes off and I tell them, nope, put your pins down, put your pins down or stop typing on your computers. And they're, no, I was just getting this. Uh, but I, I do it just as exercises and I tell them you're not being graded on this and I will definitely give you a chance to go back and fix up whatever you're writing and spend more time on it. After the fact, I tell them. Right. Uh, 
I just want you to put some stuff on paper without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That's all. I just, <laughs> that's why I'm doing this to you and torturing you. <laughs> and then yeah. the death threats roll in, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so So the flash that I'm working on now is based on, and and the, so uh, the ToadSec Review published a few of these flashes. I also had one of them or two of them published in Low Valley Review, which is uh, another publication that highlights uh, fiction out of community colleges, so Mm -hmm. both students and faculty and staff anyone associated with community college. But anyway, uh, I'm writing a series of flash fiction based on, it's close to memoir, but it's not memoir, this one, based on growing up in the 70s, the 19s, drugs, sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know. And initially I started um, writing from the point of view of different characters, from the different kids from this time. So I have a bunch of those stories. And then I decided to just know, make it one point of view. Here's me overthinking. No, I'll just do one point of view, one character, one point of view, and all these other characters will be in the world, but we won't necessarily see their viewpoint. Um, So I'm getting lost in the weeds and overthinking how to structure all these stories. I'm writing the stories as I go, and I have more stories that I need to send out for publication. But I'm also I keep tripping over myself, like how do I want to do this, and do I want more point of view? And then I sent a manuscript out to several people for notes, and got all sorts of conflicting notes, like make the point of view the same, no, shift the point of view, no. I mean, it's like okay. <laughs> It's not working because otherwise people would be saying, this is great. I love this. Wow. I cried during this story or whatever. It's not working yet because people are still overthinking, you know, Oh, you should do this to it. You should do, you know, offering all these notes. So flash fiction is hard and trying to get across a character in a few hundred words is, is difficult. And uh, then trying to weave it all together into a cohesive book that tells a bigger story isn't easy. But Sandra Cisneros did it. I mean, uh, when you look at House on Mango Street, a lot of those stories would be considered flash. You know, if you've ever read House on Mango Street, it's a bunch of very, very short pieces. So, um, and she did it. So I know it's doable. So she's got to figure it out. So this is going to be a book that you want to publish. I I was thinking that it was a project you were involved in that had other writers, but it, it's not apparently. So No, no, no. It's, it's just me. I, no, it doesn't have other writers. I've worked on some collaborative projects in the past. I've in I've had some pieces in books that are you know uh, anthologized or uh, just one piece of many writers. But no, this thing that I'm working on with the flash fiction is just me. 
and uh, I am slow and it takes time and I overthink it and I need a teacher like myself to stand over me sadistically and say, I will give you two hours to take all your stories and put them together in a cohesive order and send it out. Send it out. Are, so, are you posting that on the web looking for uh, <laughs> a teacher to stand over me? <laughs> I need one. I need one. That's exactly what I need. So a friend of mine was writing, uh, I think it's pretty good. I wish she would go ahead and try to get it published, but she was writing a, a preteen novel, uh, fantasy novel. And I function, I played that function for her. I, read her chapters and gave her notes and told her she had to keep, I wanted the next one, you know, and like she had to keep doing this and she finished it. And I think it's really good, but she just gets discouraged because she sends it out to, to places and everybody has a different opinion and of what should happen in the book and how she needs to change it and all of that. I think she should just go ahead and send it out to a publisher and see what happens. But, yeah, sometimes you have to do that. Uh, you know, it's the old uh, too many cooks ruin the broth. And um, while it's good to have the feedback and the reviews, sometimes uh, ultimately you're the writer and you've got to uh, decide what you want to do and do it. Yeah, when I was, I'll tell you a funny story. When I was uh, defending my MFA thesis in graduate school, my, the professors on my committee did not like one another. <laughs> I know, it's pretty bad. That's an old, old story. <laughs> yeah, and um, I won't out them. I won't say who they were, but I will say that they really, they, uh, my thesis advisor went on sabbatical while I was working on the book. And so I had to ask a different professor to be kind of my temporary advisor and they had a whole different viewpoint. And then my original advisor came back and then another professor that I just got along with really well, I uh, was on the committee and then someone from outside the department. But anyway, uh, it was on St. Patrick's day and I'm a highly anxious person. And so I try to use, humor to offset my anxiety. And so since it was St. Patrick's Day, when I had to defend the thesis I brought in, and it was in Louisiana, so I brought in all these St. Patrick's Day beads, Mardi Gras style beads. And I asked each of the uh, committee members to put on the beads before they started. <laughs> I did to help me get through it. And did so, they do it? They did it. And so... Uh, they all thought it was charming, laughed, ha-ha, cute, cute. And then uh, they started talking about my thesis, and they were supposed to, you know, if a person's listening who doesn't know this, when you defend your thesis or your dissertation, you're supposed to defend it. The committee members will ask you questions, and you need to be able to answer those questions. And so I'm waiting for the questions to come. But what mostly happened is they argued with each other about point of view, point of view. Then they argued with each other what the point, because again, it, it was a book of short stories. There's a short story cycle. I was trying out a bunch of different points of view in it. They all went together to create a novel. 
I don't think it worked. I don't think it was successful at all. I knew that going in, but you know, you have to turn in something. And so they mostly argued with each other about point of view, got into an almost screaming match. I sat there and stared at their Mardi Gras or their uh, St. Patrick's Day beads to try to keep calm. <laughs> Think how silly it was and how, you know, everything in the world is just ridiculous. See your like MFA go down the drain. <laughs> yeah, yes. And, um, uh, and just try to keep things in perspective and see it with a sense of humor. And anyway, they barely asked me any questions. Then they dismissed me. I went outside at the time I was a smoker, I smoked a cigarette, waited for them to come back and tell me it was awful. Cause I considered it terrible. I thought it was a horrible manuscript. They came out and said, I passed and great job. And was told you were one of the most composed, uh, students we've ever seen in a defense especially passing out those beads <laughs> and I said, it's easy to be composed when no one's asking me anything i mean <laughs> i barely had to speak so yeah but that too many cooks i mean i just sat there and went too yeah it's cooks. a mess because my advisor went on sabbatical so i had a different advisor and then they told me something completely different. And then the professor that I should have asked to be my advisor in the first place, but didn't, you know, had totally different ideas. And I was trying to please all of them as right. we do in graduate school because we mm -hmm. just won our degree. Right. And uh, it was a mess. It was awful. I'm not very <laughs> proud of that manuscript at all, you know, because there were too many cooks and I was listening to all of them. Right. Yeah. Well, Max, we've come to uh, the end of our time here. I know that um, in less than an hour, you have another meeting uh, with William Faulkner. Uh, apparently, he's come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a really cool uh, project that I'm involved in. Uh, I am just lucky enough to be invited to be one of the instructors to help create curriculum for a, a digital database on William Faulkner that was created by the University of Virginia that uh, some Faulkner scholars got an NEH grant to uh, help, yeah, create curriculum to use this really wonderful digital tool on Faulkner. I'm not a Faulkner scholar, but I'm learning a lot in these meetings. So yeah, we're meeting all summer and uh, looking at the database and trying to brainstorm ways to create curriculum. It's fun. I know it doesn't sound fun to the average person, but to me it's fun. So there you have Okay. It. Yeah. Well, I have really enjoyed your being here these uh, two sessions, and I hope that uh, I can get you to come back at another time. Uh, maybe tell us about uh, Faulkner at the end of the summer, but, uh, you know, if you find that you have uh, something going before then, I'd love to have you anytime. So Thanks, Jim. This has been fun. I appreciate being invited. Really do. Okay, very good. Well, Novel Approach was brought to you today by Bearhound 7 Productions, Something Different Network, and Uncommon Sense Radio 4.0, the podcast. And we want to thank Maxine Beach for being our guest. Uh, this program will drop on Thursday in next week. 
so we hope to uh, have you join us. And if you enjoyed it, uh, please subscribe and let us know uh, how you enjoy the uh, the podcast. Thank you.